from the combined crew of blindandroidusers.com and accessibleandroid.com, it's time for your favorite Android podcast. Kick back now and enjoy another fine episode from these Android fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here's your crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 130 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. We are recording today on June 3, 2023. I'm Warren Carr alongside with my co-hosts. I got Doug Cameron from Canada, John Dyer from Virginia, Austin Pinto from Mumbai, Sally Candace hiding from the rain in Turkey, and the pretty one, of course, I'm talking about Karen Cohen from Lebanon. Welcome to episode 130. Coming up in this episode, we've got announcements that is followed by the Android Basics, where we talk about a couple items from the Play Store. We're talking about the Google Protect and payments and subscriptions. Up next, then we have Austin's unboxing of the Pixel 7a and its review. That is followed by the app of the week, where I bring you the Beeper. It's an app that's supposed to unify all your messaging needs, including the iMessage from the other side of the aisle. And our dear one, Karen, closes this episode with her tip of the week regarding WhatsApp. Welcome to episode 130. John, what's going on with you, my man? It's going good. Had a kind of a long week, but it was a good week. Ashley took the week off and we just had a staycation. So we didn't go anywhere, just hung out at the house. So it was nice, relaxing. You know, it's a beautiful thing when both hubby and wife are home and the kid is home. That used to be my most favorite time when my parents were both home. Absolutely beautiful. I loved it. Austin, how about you? Did you stay home too? And with your brother's new bride or did you guys just go out and eat? No, we did not stay home. It was a very long and a very sad work week this week because my two of the my favorite bosses are changing. So that was a little very worrisome and very sad. So that week was very long. But apart from that, we cannot do anything because Mumbai is like just getting hotter like hell, I can say now. And uh, I don't know when the rains are going to come. I hope they come next week. I, I'm just fed up of this week. What that calls for is make plans for the nighttime. At least it cools down at night, doesn't it? Yeah, there's yeah, there's AC at the night, there's AC in the morning in office, so that thing keeps things cool. Great. Doug, what's going on, bro? Not much. Just being bombarded by our half of our zoo. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad up here. Just you know, a little warm, still very dry. But yeah, it's not too, too bad for me up here. Are the fires out now? or Oh, hell no. We're well over a million hectares burned, and we still have some like 57 active fires. And then so bad. the province of Nova Scotia is on fire with a massive wildfire just outside the capital of Halifax. So this entire country is just burning up right now. Interesting. 
Sally, you got a new house, and yet in the same breath, you are talking about the fact that you got locked in by the rain. Explain that to the crew or and to our listeners. What do you exactly mean you're getting locked up by the rain? All right, let's get to the point. You know, I was quite <laughs> away for <laughs> two weeks, been away from the podcast, and I was busy moving, and my brother got married. My younger brother got married, and it's such a shame that I couldn't still. <laughs> Ladies, that's, if that gives you a clue... You know what Sally means, yeah. So if you're yeah, single yeah, out there yeah. and you're looking for yeah. a little squeak, you know where to find him. Yeah, so my brother got married. We moved to a new house and all been sleepless nights trying to get a hold of it. And yeah, and two days ago it was my birthday. It's been super busy two weeks for me. And finally today we were visiting our grandparents and... It's raining so badly outside and we couldn't drive back to the city. And that's why we're locked in here. Happy birthday. Guys, say happy birthday to Sally. You know, it's something that we didn't get to do. And Sally, we want to wish you a happy birthday. Uh, you're 29 and holding, right? No, I'm 32. Well, I thought that women like to hold up at 29. Can we do the same thing, 29 and holding? What? Oh, maybe. We don't look as good when we claim we're 29, so it's less believable. Yeah. Isn't that something? A woman is 16, she'll tell you she's 29. And then when yeah. they're 35, they want to hold back down to 29. What's the deal? Karen, yeah. what's the matter with this kind of uh, behavior? Well, we don't uh, become older. Our age is in reverse. So whenever we grow, we are going younger. So you should take this as it is. I should mind my business, right? Yeah. So uh, what's going on with you there in Lebanon? Yeah, everything is good here. Actually, yesterday we were surprised by a thunderstorm and some rain, which wasn't expected during this time of year. But it was still hot, actually. But um, yeah, it was some refreshing rain for a person who likes rain like me. And now returning to Sally. Guys, say happy birthday to Sally. Happy birthday. Happy, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Sally. We, we can sing it because Google may oh, take us down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday sounds get so copyrighted. It, it, isn't happy so just, birthday in the public domain now? I it, think, it uh, is. I thought it was maybe like five years ago. Just making excuses. <laughs> Let's sing it, shall we? Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. This is Happy so bad. Birthday, birthday, dear Sally. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Oh my gosh, that's going to be so out of sync <laughs> so in the recording. <laughs> we we yeah, might have to cut that out. I am serious. Cut that out, yeah. Hang on, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since you guys didn't sing, I think we should leave it up to uh, the other three now to sing that happy birthday. Mm -hmm. I did, but then, actually. I, I did. did, but then I got lost somewhere. I didn't hear you guys at all. I only heard John and I. <laughs> I was just so curious to see Austin I, I singing, but he didn't. <laughs> no, I was singing, but it got lost. Because uh, mine, and, mine and Sally's story is the same. So Sally's younger brother got married. My younger brother got married. So it's very depressing for us both. 
Yeah, indeed, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys, your junior brothers got tired of waiting for you guys to get married, so and you guys are yeah, not doing it, and so they decided they to hey, forget for it. I'm doing now, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my brother got married ten years before me. My younger brother. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, so something to learn from, huh? Well, happy birthday, Sally, and um, I hope you get a little squeeze soon. You, you really need to. And both you and Austin, if your younger brothers are getting married, uh, there's a problem here, guys. Yeah, there's a big problem. And by the way, John also uh, said his younger brother got married before he did. So don't feel too bad. You're not alone. Those younger brothers of yours were just impatient. That's all. This is the announcement segment of Blind Android Users Podcast. Stay tuned to hear important information regarding the podcast, surveys, and the latest news. Up next, we move on to announcements. Austin, what do we have in store? So we have got a very generous gift for all our listeners. And to tell you more about the gift, I will give the mic to Sally. So everyone, uh, developers of ACR Phone, which is an accessible phone dialer app for Android, they are giving away five codes, uh, premium lifetime licenses for five uh, lucky winners. You just need to follow the lucky, uh, the secret word, and you're going to win the one of the codes they are giving away for us. So in other words, during this episode, we will be giving you the secret word that we would like you to use. So when you hear that word, just email us and we'll give it to the first five people that email us that secret word that we'll be mentioning sometime within this episode. So keep listening and claim your code. Warren, can the crew also email you? No, the crew is exempted. If you're a crew member, you're not allowed to participate. Uh, sorry, Austin, you cannot get one. <laughs> I don't want you to be a cheater. Uh, so, uh, Austin is not participating, guys. Only your listeners. This is Android Basics, in which we bring you up to date on the things that you should know to use your Android phone. Up next is our segment of the Android Basics. And today we're talking about a couple items from the Play Store. There's so much to be covered on the Play Store. And today we're talking about two items. We're talking about payments and subscriptions and Pay Protect. I will go ahead and give you an overview of the whole area that we're talking about and then I'll let the podcast crew talk about these things and see which ones of these things they like and what their thoughts are regarding the whole thing. Moving along with our Play Store exploration, today we'll be looking at a couple items. We'll be looking at the Play Protect and payments and subscriptions and all the subheads that fall within payments and subscriptions. I am on the Play Store, and what you need to do here is to tap on your username on the top right corner of the device. I'll go ahead and do so at this point. Signed in as Warren Carr Warcare at gmail.com. Account and settings. We'll go ahead and tap here. Manage your Google account. 
We are now in the menu that results from tapping on our username. I will now move my way to the fourth item, which is the payment and subscriptions. Payments and subscriptions, four of seven. I'll go ahead and tap here. Payments and subscriptions, play store. Payments and subscriptions, out of list. Tapping on payments and subscriptions, we're now on a new screen. Let's go ahead and explore the things that we find on this new screen. From the top, we have payment methods, one of four, in list, four items. We have payment methods, followed by subscriptions, two of subscriptions, four. Subscriptions, two of four. Budget and history, three of four. Budget and history, and last item here. Redeem code, four of four. Redeem code. Let's go ahead, though, and start with the top item here, and that will be payment methods. Payment methods, one of four. Here is payment methods. Let's go ahead and tap. Payment methods. Payment methods, out of list. Showing items 1 to 13 of 16. Upon tapping on payment methods, I heard showing items 13 of 16. Now, of course, it depends on how many cards you have added to your Play Store that determines the number of items that you have. Now, I have a few of them here, therefore making the numbers increase. Let's look at some of these things. Google Play Balance, 38. I got Google Play Balance, like $38 something. Amex 1012, 3 of 15. That's my Amex American Express. Discover 5720. Visa 7,900, Rumble, Family Payment Method, 6 of 15. That's my debit card. PayPal. That's my PayPal. View All, 8 of 15. Then I have one that says View All, because if I tab here, it will review more items that I have. But that's not the point here, just showing you a quick overview. Add Payment Method to your Google account, 9 of 15. Next, we have the adding payment method to your Google account. If you haven't added one, or if you have another one that you would like to add to, this is where you'll tap. Next. Add credit or debit card, 10 of 15. You could add credit or debit card. Add PayPal, 11 of 15. You could add PayPal account. Redeem code, 12 of 15. We come across code redemption here as well. Next. Buy Google Play credit, 13 of 15. We come across Buy Google Credit. In other words, if you want to add some funds to your Google Play, this is where you'll tap and you go choose the amount that you want. More payment settings, 15 of 15. This is where you could tap in and go do some other things relating to your payment. Tapping here, of course, is going to ask you to authenticate. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Progress bar, 0%. Chrome, 0%. Reauth prompt. WebView. And putting my finger down in the middle. Verify to see payments info. Heading 1. And. Verify it's you. Button. Verify is you. So when you tap here, whether you use the fingerprint or a pin for your authentication, it will ask for that. Let's go back. Play Store. More payment settings. 50. And now let's look at the last item. Change family payment method, 16 of 15. The last item here is to change the family payment method. In other words, if you're using a debit card and you want to change that to a credit card instead, this is where you tap to go change that. 
Let's go back now to the previous screen. Payments and subscriptions. Payment methods. One of four. Enlist. Four items. We're back to the previous screen and we are on the payment methods. Next item here will be... Subscriptions. Two of four. Subscriptions. Let's tap on here. Subscriptions. Progress bar. In progress. Out of list. Subscriptions. Upon arriving on this screen, we can see our active and past subscriptions that we have canceled. So in other words, we'll see whatever current subscriptions are and the ones that we have canceled in the past. Here's what I'm talking about. Google may share subscription data that doesn't personally identify you with developers to help them offer subscriptions. Learn more about subscriptions. Two of seven. Enlist. Seven items. Moving down. Active. Three of seven. The heading for active subscriptions. And here's what I got. Google One. 100 gigabytes. Next payment. $19.99 on September 12, 2023. Four of seven. Moving down. Expired. Five of seven. We have the expired subscriptions. In other words, subscriptions that I have subscribed to in the past but have expired, and here are some of those. Call Recorder, Cube ACR, Premium. Expired on October 12, 2022, 6 of 7. And below that, on the left, we've got a couple buttons. We've got... Resubscribe button. Resubscribe, and to the right of that is the button that says... Remove button. Remove button, meaning if I tap on this, it will remove it from my inactive subscriptions or cancel subscriptions. Below that, Focusreader RSS Reader, Focusreader Pro Yearly. Expired on August 8, 2022, 7 of 7. You got the drift. Now I'm going to go back. Expire payments and subscriptions. Payments and subscriptions out of list. We are back to the previous screen where we looked at the subscriptions. The third item we want to look at on this page is Budget and history, three of four. Budget and history. Here, what it means is that you could set an amount that says, if I reach X amount, I don't want to go beyond that. Let's go ahead and take a look. Budget and history, budget and history, out of list. Now, I'm going to put my finger near the top and go from there. Total you've spent in June, one of 28, in list, 28 items. I heard the total I spent in June. June just began. Zero dollars. I have spent diddly squat in June. Your budget only applies to this account, and you can change it at any time. All right. Now, below that, on the left there. Set budget button. Set budget. So if I tap here, for example. Set budget. Zero. Edit box. Out of list. Showing number keyboard. Tapping on set budget pops up the keyboard and this is where I would type in the amount that I would like to set as my budget. In other words, when I approach that limit, it will let me know my budget is running out so I know what I'm doing. Let's go back. Budget and history. And below this, you'll just see the other months and what you've spent. For example, if I move down. May, 2 of 28. I got May. Carolyn TTS, one dollar and six cents, May 29, twenty twenty-three. So that was my latest purchase and things like that. Let's go back. Payments and subscriptions. 
We're back to the previous page. And now let's look at the last item here, which is the code redemption. Redeem code. Four of four. Enlist. Four items. Tab here. Google Play Store. Enter code. Edit box. Editing. Out of list. Tapping on that redeem code now pops up the keyboard where we could type in the code that we have. Or below that, if you have a gift card that you simply want to scan, you could just tap on that to scan that gift card. Scan gift card button. And of course, then you'll find the done at the bottom and redeem and all of that when you've done all of that that you needed to do. Let's go back. Keyboard. Play store. Redeem code. Four of four. Enlist. Four items. We are back to the previous screen where we saw the redemption code and all of that. Now, I'm going to go back to the previous screen so we'll go to play protect. Connect. Learn and belong with inspiring game. Doing the back gesture now takes me back to the main UI of the Play Store. And now you will need to tap on your username on the top right corner again and pop up the menu. I will now do that. Signed in as Warren Carr Warcare at gmail.com. Account and settings. And I'll go ahead and tap here. Account and settings. Close. Button. Now we are in that menu. The item that we're looking for is our second item, and that will be the Play Protect. That's item number five in this menu. I'll now tap on Play Protect. Play Protect. Five of seven. Here's Play Protect. Tap. Play Protect. Play Store. Security status. No harmful apps found. Play Protect scanned one hour ago. One of three. Enlist. Three items. I am told that no harmful activity is found and that Play Protect scanned my device some three hours ago. Now, near the top right corner, we have the settings. But before we tap on that settings, let's look at what it says about Play Protect. Now, below that security status that was read, which is Security status. No harmful apps found. Play Protect scanned one hour ago. If you want to scan it, below that in the middle is the scan button. Scan button. And below that, it will tell you some of the apps that were scanned. Recently scanned apps. Google Play Store. Site app. Fight Electric, Bitmoji, Adobe Acrobat, PowerAmp, plus 191. More. Apps scanned one hour ago, two of three. And so it tells me the number of apps it had scanned, like 190 whatever apps on there. So next. Play Protect regularly checks your apps and device for harmful behavior. You'll be notified of any security risks found. Three of three. And below that on the left is the Learn More button. Learn More button. That's what we have on this page. Let's go ahead, though, and tap on that button on the top right. That's the settings, and that settings is for the Play Protect. Settings, button, out of list. Play Protect settings. General, heading, one of five, in list, five items. The first thing we heard is the general heading, and below that... Scan apps with Play Protect. Play Protect can scan this device and warn you about harmful apps. Switch on two of five. And we have a switch there that is the on slash off switch. If you don't want Play Protect to scan your apps, you can go ahead and turn that off. But 
I wouldn't recommend that. Next. Improve harmful app detection. Send unknown apps to Google for better detection. Switch on three of five. Next. App privacy. Heading four of five. We come to the app privacy heading and below that we've got permissions for unused apps. Review permissions for apps that you haven't used in a few months. Five of five. App permissions and all of that and privacy. In other words, apps that you haven't used in a few months, you can go in here and see which of those apps you haven't used and review their status. Let's tap here and see what they're talking about. Unused apps. Back. Button. Out of list. Tapping on that, we heard back on that top left corner and moving down. Unused apps. Unused apps. So basically below here, I should find the list of apps I haven't used in a while and moving my finger down. No unused apps. I hear no unused apps. In other words, there are no apps that I haven't used for the last few months. Let's go back. Play Store. Permissions for unused apps. Review permissions for apps that you haven't used in a few months. Five of five. In list. Play protect settings. Out of list. And we're back to that page. And that's it about play protect. I'll now hand you back over to the podcast crew as we talk about these things, the things that we like and things we don't care about. Now, here's the crew. So there is the Play Protect, and Payments and Subscriptions. Austin, Ojan, Karen, Doug, Sally. Guys, what do you think about this? So I want to start by my question, and that was, uh, what is this point system on the, protection, uh, on the Play Store? So when we go to the points, I can see that my points are silver. So what are the points used for? Well, so the points that you get when you buy something, by the way, so every time you spend a dollar, you get one point. And that accumulates over time. You can actually redeem those and make purchases both within the Play Store as well as on the Google uh, Store. So you can actually use them as cash. It used to be that you couldn't use those. You could only use them only on the Play Store buying apps or books or whatever after you convert them. But Google has opened it up to where you can actually use those things on the Google Store as well. So keep buying away and then convert and get a little discount. And I also want to mention it's not just for purchases, it's also for subscriptions. So like I mentioned last week, if I can subscribe through the Play Store, I do. And this is one of the reasons because you'll get points for your subscription. So if, especially if you're subscribing to something expensive like YouTube TV, which is up to almost $75 a month now, like if, you, if you're subscribing to that outside of the Play Store, then you're missing out on 75 free points every month. So keep that in mind. It also works on your subscriptions. That is huge, John, because if you subscribe for six months you're almost up to like close to 500 points right there and um, that gives you a little break you know every one of them you know like a hundred points is a dollar is that how i understand it i think so yeah if you if you um use it to buy play store credit yeah it converts one point or 100 points for a dollar 
Yeah. So that's how you go about managing those, uh, Austin, if you want to get your points to go up and, you know, be able to buy more stuff, you spend more moolah. So what does silver actually mean? How can we see how much points do we have? Well, the silver is anywhere uh, between one and five or 499. So if you get up to 500, I think then you have crossed that silver mark. I think that's how it works. John, you, you remember what, at what level does one need to cross the silver? I think one needs to get at least 500 and above. Yeah, I don't remember the numbers, but yeah, it is a tier system. Like it just basically is how much have you earned in the last year, and if it's a certain amount, then you'll be upgraded. Yeah, because I have four hundred ninety-seven, and I'm still at the silver. So I'm thinking that if I put three more in, then it will bump me up. I'll do that this week, and then next week I'll let you know if it changes my status from silver to gold or, you know, demotes me back to uh, bronze or something crazy like that. So where do I go to find this? Because I don't see any points on my end in my Play Store. Actually, in the uh, if you tap on your account, mine shows up right there on the top of my screen, though, when I go to Play Store. But if you tap on your username uh, in the pop-up, you should see your points in there. It will tell you your status. Unless, of okay, course, I'll you've go. been buying things not from the Play Store. Okay. I will go take a look, see if I can find it, because I have honestly never seen that before. Then maybe you could transfer those credits to me, uh, Cam, because it seems like you don't care about them. Oh, I probably have so <laughs> many of them sitting in here that it's ridiculous. I just never knew that they existed. <laughs> Good thing they don't expire. That's a good thing. Yeah, that is very inspire. true because guaranteed I have a ton of them sitting here because I have all of my subscriptions go through Play Store. The one that does expire though is the uh, Google Rewards. So if you have those, try to use them. I mean, it does tell you when they are going to expire. Mine, I have four cents expiring in July. Uh, so I might as well use it for something. Now, so what I like about the payments and subscriptions. Is that history thing and the budget. I like the fact that if you're in a tight spot, you could set a budget for yourself. So maybe say, hey, I'm only going to set up like $20, you know, a month or whatever, $20. If I reach $18, $19, then it will let me know that I'm coming close to exhausting my budget. And so if you don't want to be spending money or someone jumping on your account, maybe in a family and someone jumps on there and purchasing something over the budget that you have set up, then you need to uh, set up that budget so no one can go beyond that. So even if someone buys something, say I have only $3 left for my budget to be reached and a kid decides to buy something that's $5, it's not going to let them go through because is over that budget. I think I like that whole idea, most especially if you have family members that you've added to your account. Yeah, it's kind of like the similar to the, is it called digital wellness? What we went over a few months ago where you like can limit your usage and apps and stuff. It's sort of similar to like that. It's like 
yeah, you could set a budget for yourself, but if you really want to buy something, you're just going to override it in the end anyway. Yeah, you can override it. But if a kid is trying to buy something, for example, they're not going to be able to get that. They have to get my permission to override it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another part that I like here, though, is those uh, subscriptions where you can cancel and yet it still lets you uh, keep using it till that um, trial is over, like we said last week. And as you can see in my overview, even those that I have been done with since last year, they are still sitting there in the event that I decide, hey, I want to restart this subscription, then all I need to do is tap on resubscribe and it will get started again. Or if I don't want to see them, then tap on that remove to get rid of it. I like the way Google has it. I think it makes it easier to manage your subscriptions. Yeah, because I, I do that. I have a lot of subscriptions that I don't keep all the time. Like I mentioned YouTube TV earlier. It's so expensive, but I kind of need it during football season. So <laughs> every September I go in there and I just go reactivate my subscription. And then, you know, when I'm done using it, I just cancel it. Oh, brilliant, because they actually give you sometimes like three months free. And by that three months, football is almost over. So <laughs> Yeah, but I'd have brilliant. to get a new Google account, a new IP address, a new credit card, a new billing oh, address. Because no. <laughs> they know I've used my free trial. They're not going to okay. let that me makes sense. <laughs> But I think that now and then, though, they like to offer it to you again. I've seen them trying to offer it to me several times. I think I tried... Uh, especially YouTube Music a while ago, um, or maybe it was the Google TV. I don't remember, but one of those, and they've been offering it to me again three months free, and I don't know. I I'm not into that kind of stuff, but I think that's probably the best way to go if you want to uh, look up something that you really like, then you wait till the season and jump on it and use it, and then tell it goodbye. Play Protect, that's another thing. What does Play Protect do? So Play Protect, the whole idea is that before an app is installed for you on the Play Store, the Play Protect checks that app against malware. And also if you sideload an app or an APK, it also checks it for malware. So that Play Protect is like a, an in-between, a go-between you and the apps just looking out for your own good in the sense that, hey, I want to make sure that what you are getting is not something that's going to harm you. However, as you can hear in my overview, if you don't want that, you can always turn that off. And so in that case, you are doing things on your own and you don't care about what Google does or does not do. And so if you prefer to not have the play protect protect your apps, then you turn it off as I show it there in that uh, overview. So two things have happened with the play protect and in India especially there are some very cheap TVs, low cost TVs coming with Android, but they do not come with play protect enabled. They just, they are built on Android's open source project. So Google has uh, sent a notice to see if your TV is Play Protect uh, enabled, and only then your TV will be certified to run Android. Also, second thing that has happened is Play Protect is getting better and improving, but it still scores low on many 
malware protection software. So if you want to install sensitive apps on your phone or you're doing some financial transactions, I think it's better to just install a second uh, security software and take an opinion on the apps that you have installed. And then if you want, you can uninstall the second uh, security software that you have installed. Exactly. And that's what it is. That's why Google has a list of those that are certified by Google. So that includes, you know, your regular TVs and set-top boxes. Look at that list and know which ones to get. So please, product is improving, but it still scores less on um, various malware surveys. And also it's better to install some antiviruses or second opinion security softwares if you do financial transactions on your phone or something very sensitive. So in other words, what you're saying is that one should install a virus protection app. Yeah, if you're sideloading apps or you're... uh, you know, downloading apps from questionable sources, then you need to install that. Or if you want to be extremely careful to do financial uh, transaction or sensitive business transaction, then you need to install that. But I thought that people usually would scan those things before they download them or after downloading them, they submit them to some kind of a virus checker before they install it. If that's not... I think that's what one should be doing if you're someone that sideload apps. I think only very technical people, those who know what virus total and virus checker sites are, will submit them. The others are at the mercy of Windows Defender or the virus that they've installed on their PC or the antivirus that they've installed on their PC and the way they download apps. So they are the mercy of that. So that it's better to have an antivirus on their mobile just for a second opinion. Yeah, and this is something that varies from person to person. I happen to be one of those that I'll never put any of such things on my phone. And I've been using Android for many years. I have never had any problem, of course, and I don't sideload APKs. Yeah, I'm the same way. I and, and that's the same with Windows. I just use Windows Defender. I think the best thing you can do is just be smart. You know, don't go outside the Play Store unless you need to. And, you know, obviously don't get cracks and stuff like that because, you know, that's not (laughs) going to get you anywhere good. Being a 10 years of Android user, I never installed any antivirus on my phone. So I just know where to download and install apps. I think that's the best, as John said. Yeah, just be smart. I think that's the best defense. Another problem that sometimes I hear people that have those so-called antivirus, whatever, on their phones, is actually kind of running things in the background, actually may even slow down your phone or heat up your phone. But again, this is why we have choices. If you think that makes you feel better, hey, go ahead and get that. Uh, Personally, it's not something that I do. It's not a practice that I do, and I've never recommended for anyone to uh, install those things. I stay clean away from those things. So what I do is I install the antivirus, any antivirus that uh, is free, and I do not enable any real-time protection or something. But I just, every time, just scan my phone once in a time, once in a week maybe, and get an opinion, is something wrong with it? And before updating, before scanning, I always update the antivirus. That is important. If you don't have real-time protection going on, something slips in that cannot be removed, then you're toast. 
What's the whole point of yeah, having it then, if you don't have real-time protection? I, I scan it once. I scan it once a week, so then it will detect it anyhow. I would rather have the Google Protect do my scanning every day that it does than, you know, have something and you only use it once in a week. What if something slips through? Then now what? So I enable protection if I think that I'm going to sideload apps and do some financial transaction, then I just keep all the protections enabled. I want to agree with what John said, actually, because it's your duty to know the sources that you're getting the apps from. So you should just, if you want to sideload APKs, you should use the reputable sources like APKMirror, for example, which uh, itself does some scanning for the APKs which are uploaded there. And also don't use cracks because whenever you're using a crack, you are exposing yourself to the risk. So whenever something happens to you, it's your responsibility and it's your mistake at the first step. At the first place so don't use cracks and you should be safe and of course use repetitive resources as i said before or sources actually take that word from the wise lady yeah. guys because frankly you know someone says i'm giving you something free uh just <laughs> yeah i think the definition of a crack is somebody has gone in and modified the app to do something illegal and you, you, what are the chances that they're not up to something else while they're in there that's going to benefit them? Like, <laughs> they're not exactly. doing this as a gift to you. Exactly. Yeah, let me let me give you let me let me give you uh, an example about Yushuo itself. You know that Yushuo cracks are actually so much popular with people, unfortunately. So someone was offering people the cracked version, but with um, like a paid subscription. People should pay something for this cracker. Yeah, it's a stupid something and unethical, but not comment, commenting on this. But what, what people were able to know after that, that this crack was itself a malware and it was doing much more harm. So, yeah, and he was so letting people to, pay, actually. If you want to play the, pay the cracker to get the software, it's better to pay the developer than, and buy the software. Yeah, but it was cheaper, actually. So, yeah, people were... Yeah, so if the, the, the developer is selling it to you for 10 bucks and this guy is giving it to you for 2 bucks, it sounds like a better deal, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, then, it was... is, is harvesting you dad, your moolah, <laughs> harvesting yeah. your moolah behind you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Oh, my goodness. What has the world come to? But yeah, if something is free, you kind of you need to double check that because somebody's ripping the benefit somewhere. To be honest, um, most especially when it's a crack, and you know it's not like we're trying to pour water on people or anything. But it's just one needs to be smart because your device is more important than that than that two dollar. Um, software that you could have just legally purchased or $10 um, app that you could have legally purchased. So it's not worth the trouble uh, going down this road. But of course, this is just our personal opinions. Well, so there is a saying in China, if there are any Chinese listeners in our uh, subscribers or YouTube subscribers, don't be that rich to buy something cheap, they say. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is the Spotlight segment. Stay tuned for premium interviews, device unboxing and more. Chugging along, now we move on to the unboxing of the Pixel 7a and Austin standing by to give you that unboxing of the 7a. Austin? Hello everyone, this is Austin Pinto for the Blind Android Users Podcast. And as mentioned in episode 129 yesterday, there was a surprise unboxing for you. So the unboxing is the Pixel 7a. As I did not go for the Pixel 7 because Warren and other people have already unboxed it. And this is a new unit which has come to Google I.O. 2023. So that's why I am unboxing this. So the box is very plain. I can see that. It's like the Pixel 6a box. There is no embossing or anything. And there are some stickers at the bottom of the box. And it's a very narrow and a very long box. So... I think the Pixel 6a box was a little deeper, like it was not so narrow. So let's see what is inside the box. So you can hear the breaking of the seal. It's a taped seal. So this is going to be taking time to break. It's going to be broken piece by piece. So now the seal has been broken after a lot of time and this part of the breaking seal is uh, being edited because I didn't use a scissor and all those things because I wanted it to be more natural. So now we are opening the box and Let's open it. We need the nails to expand the top cover and then we need to slowly open it otherwise the contents will be on the floor. So in India, if you do not have any credit card or debit card of the bank, then your MRP will go to 44,000. But if you have uh, your HDFC bank credit card or debit card, you get 4,000 rupees discount. Or other banks also will give you discount. This is only, I'm talking about India. It's not, uh, other countries will have their own rules. I have also exchanged the OnePlus Nord, the original OnePlus Nord. So there I got almost 13, 14,000 off. But it's not yet picked up. Let's see. So the box is open and the phone is in a upside down shape. So we find the camera bump on top. So I've pulled the phone out. And we have the screen, uh, the paper on the screen. So I'm just peeling it out the screen protector. So we will start the phone in some time. We'll keep the phone to the side. It's a very nice aluminium frame. And it's compared to the 6A, this aluminium is broader. So this phone, I can almost hear, hold in my hand and see that it is much thicker than the 6A. The camera bump is also very... It's not like the 6A, like flat. It's If you put your index finger, you can see that the camera bump is covering half of that finger. It, it depends on the finger size and all that, but this I'm talking to you about mine. So on top, you have the hole for the mic, and then you have nothing on top. 
the right of the phone you have the power button, volume keys and uh, that's it. To the left you have plain but at the bottom you have a SIM tray that supports one SIM and then you can have another eSIM. Then down you have a speaker, you have the USB-C port and then you have another earpiece or mic piece I can say. Then back we have the camera. If you, if anyone touches the back, it feels like it's made out of glass. But actually, if you tap on it, it feels like uh, it's made of plastic. So let's keep the phone aside. Let's see what we have got with it. So we have got a USB. This is this adapter has changed compared to the 6A. It's very deep. The 6A had a narrow adapter. A USB-C to a USB-A adapter, the shape of which has changed. Then we have this USB cable which is peeled nicely, skinned and covered in that ring. And uh, it's USB-C to USB-C. And then this side, we have another small box. Inside I'll have to be careful because there is a SIM ejector pin. Although I've got a lot of them. But I need to still have the original this this same ejector pins ring is a little broader than the 6a so it is a good to hold or have it on your keychain the 6a pin was very narrow and then inside the box we have things that are garbage in the trash can not useful for us that is the documentation so i don't know why the phones remove the oems remove the charger but give this useless documentation which is can be read on the web and other places and I don't even think people read the documentations. I think there, there must be some Google membership and all those things. And that is it. There is nothing in the box. Now if you, for you who don't know the specifications, the 7A has a Tensor 2 chip, the Titanium security chip also inbuilt. It has face unlock. That's a very nice thing for which I have that's why I've gone for this phone it has wireless charging which is a good addition but it's a 7.5 watt wireless charging and the fast charging also is there which is 18 watts which which is not uh, fast according to today's standard I don't know when Google will improve that we have uh, upgraded camera sensor which is much upgraded from the 6a which is a uh, 64 MB the 7a has got a 64 MB camera and it can do the standard uh, 4k FPS video recording it has got OIS and all the standard image uh, specifications it has stereo speakers of course and it has an under display fingerprint sensor now for those of you who go with the 7a if you put your fingerprint on the sensor and then you try to unlock your phone with the fingerprint it will take a minute it will take quarter of a second because of that titanium chip will be verifying your fingerprint and also face unlock will be stored on that titanium chip so nothing leaves your device all your security credentials will be stored on the titanium chip and let us now just reboot or I should, I should say boot the phone up So I've held the phone down and there are no haptics.
that is very strange because six a gave me a slight haptics that I have, uh, and now the haptic has come, so it's a little late. So we'll wait, and I will start talk back on this, and then I will do the regular setup, and then I will come back on episode one thirty this Saturday, and then I will give you the review of the device. The review will include using one day, one whole day on Wi-Fi, one whole day on five G, and see the battery conditions, the uh, battery life, the heating, and all those things. and i will also tell you it comes with android 13 but i'll tell you if there are any updates what are the security patch from the box and all those things so we'll discuss more about that on the podcast so i think talkback should be ready by now let us see so talkback has started and by default the volume is low so we need to increase that the volume buttons uh, Feel a little tactile. Welcome to Talkback. Seventy-one percent accessibility slider window media volume controls. And what I can see. One hundred percent accessibility slider. What I can hear. Set to forty-eight percent. What I can hear right out of the box. Welcome to Talkback. So what I can hear right out of the box is that the speakers of the seven A. Are better and give a little more stereo stereo effect. The six A was stereo speakers, but the top speaker did not give much of an effect of stereo. So unless you were lying down and then you held your phone in front of your eyes in the left to right direction, then you could get that effect. But here, even if I hold it like this, it is giving a next that. Button. Stereo effect. Now to listen to the whole device sample and all those audio samples, you need to listen to it on YouTube because our podcast host does um, a little bit of processing, and it also requires us to upload the episode at a reduced size. So you won't get that whole sample audio sample. I'll be playing a few songs. in my review video when i record a little bit of the re- uh, review on friday i'll be recording it and saturday it will be merged into the podcast and uh, i will be playing some songs so you will get the uh, stereo sample rate and how the device performs so now that is it from the unboxing i am going to press next explore by touch page 2 of 5 so this is the tutorial the standard talkback tutorial Close. I'm going to close this. Close tutorial. You can stay in tutorial, but explore by touch. Previous, next, but I'm so excited next, about the phone that I clicked the stay in tutorial. Close. Close tutorial. Stay in close button. Welcome to your Pixel language. English United States button. So Double tap to activate. I am just going to start the setup now. It's going to be regular setup like we have so shown you many times in our various phones i put the e-sim activate the e-sim and all those things and that iphone tune that you heard in the video is not mine it is my relatives so there are no iphones allowed on this podcast so that is it from the unboxing and uh, look for the unboxing on youtube i it will be uploaded in some time and then 
enjoy stay tuned to our youtube channel and the podcast thank you for the unboxing austin this is spotlight segment 2 stay tuned for premium interviews device unboxing and more And now here is Austin's review of the Pixel 7a. So this is the review of the Pixel 7a. I had unboxed the device on Sunday and uploaded to YouTube first as we had made the announcement in episode 129 that we will be uploading all the hardware unboxings to YouTube. So this is the review I am recording this on Saturday at about 9 p.m. Indian time and it's almost been a week So this is the review. So on Monday I used the phone on 5G because I had some problems with my network carrier so the SIM card got activated on Monday so I used it for 5G and that time the phone was heating up like crazy the battery also was dropping and then on Tuesday or Monday evening I came home downgraded the phone to 4G downgrade I mean set the net, uh, set the network preference to LTE that is a downgrade and then tuesday it didn't heat anything there was no heating and so the whole week went like that on wifi there is no heating at all the battery life is pretty good on this phone not like the 6a so if you keep your phone idle there is like a 12% loss in 12 hours so a percent per hour And if you use your phone also, if you use it on Wi-Fi, there is practically very, very less battery drain. Like you can lose a percentage in three to four hours of usage. So one percent for idle, one percent of loss for three to four hours usage. If you use it on 5G, there will be a very lot of battery drain. So if you are living in countries where, like India or somewhere where that Weather is very hot or warm, or temperatures are in the late 30s, early 40s. Then you should uh, get the phone and use LTE instead of 5G. The phone has face unlock, so that's why I bought this phone. So let me just show you. Now you're freaking in. Unlock, unlock my face. So this unlock is the face What unlock. Now you need to swipe up to open. Now let me just give you a review of the speakers, and I'm going to play some of our podcast because we may get a copyright strike. So one of the things that I am seeing on this device, and this may be be because of talkback. When you hold an uh, an app icon, not hold, but sometimes when you click on an app icon, it brings up that extra menu like shortcuts, add to home screen, and all. I think because of talkback, it is your what. This is using Android 13. It's having the May security patch. Android 14 beta is not available for this bit, uh, device as of now, so I have not enrolled it. But as it becomes available, I think. Sometime this month, maybe tomorrow or second Monday of June, uh, the Android betas will be available. So I'll enroll it that time and see how it works. Episode one hundred twenty-nine. Navigating to Play Smart Card. More bottom tabs. One hour, twenty-one minutes. Go to channel. Find 
So I'm going to play episode 129, the whole episode, and let's see how it sounds on stereo speakers. This may um, this may not sound correct if you are listening to the podcast on your podcast app or something because it may sound a lot of processed. But you should listen to a YouTube channel for the best sample. Minimize button out of list. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined this week by my co host. So that is enough for the review. I hope everyone enjoyed this review and unboxing of the device. If you have any questions regarding the review or the unboxing of the device, you can send it to contact us at blindandroidusers.com or you can find my email, personal email ID on our mailing list and uh, email me directly and I will respond. So till then, this is Austin Pinter signing out of the Pixel Review, Pixel 7a Review series for the Blind Android Users podcast. Great phone and um, frankly, it's a good phone, almost like the 7 or maybe better than the 7, whatever you want to call it. It's a good phone uh, for the money. I wish it were a little bit cheaper, but of course, Google has put more into it than any of the A-series phones in the past. So uh, I think one could probably justify that. But as always, I'm sure these prices are going to fall down pretty soon, maybe to like 400 something or maybe 399 That's the sweet spot. Now that we have all these Pixel devices starting to come out, you know, we have, we just had the 7A, we're getting the Pixel tablet and the Pixel Fold. I have some Pixel trivia for you guys, and I want to see if I can stump you. Are you up for it? Let it lose. Okay. What was the first Pixel device to run Android? Pixel branded device to run Android. I think it was the Pixel 2 of the Nexus. Which one is it, Austin? You said two things. Pixel 2. The Pixel 2, okay. Anybody else have a guess? The Pixel Book? Oh, no, it's a Chromebook. (laughs) Yeah, it's the first Pixel. The phone. Pixel phone, first one. Does anybody else have a guess? Uh, then it will be the uh, the sooner that didn't come out back in two thousand seven or two. No, it was the so the year that a little history, the year that the Nexus six P and five X was released. They also released the Pixel C, which was an Android tablet, and that was the first Pixel branded device to run Android. Because they hadn't released Pixel phones yet. So, just an interesting fact there. 
because a lot of people think this is the first Pixel tablet coming out, and it's not. How about that one that came out in 2013? What what did that have? The the Nexus? No, no, not the Nexus. It was a tablet uh, or a a Chromebook. Like it was called the Pixel. Does anyone remember that? The Pixel Slate was a was it ran ran Chrome. Chrome OS, but the Pixel C was actually a tablet that ran Android, and it was called C for convertible. You could buy a keyboard for it. Now, what year was it that that one came out? I don't remember now. I'm thinking it was was it it 2015. Yeah, I think so. Great. Coming up next, our app of the week, in which we show you how to use the app and review its accessibility. You can submit your recording for this segment. Email it to us at contactus at blindandroidusers.com. Moving along now, we move on to the app of the week. And again, like I said earlier, we're talking about Beeper, B-E-E-P-E-R, and some messaging hub that's intended for managing all of your messaging needs, be it from the iMessage group, Telegram, WhatsApp, and all of that. It does have some problems, as I'll indicate here in the review. Here, though, is my review of Beeper. For episode 130 app of the week of the Blind Android Users podcast, this is demonstrating a messaging hub app called Beeper. B-E-E-P-E-R. About three or so weeks ago, we talked about this on our mailing list, and the whole idea is to be able to bring iMessaging to Android. And so, the former founder and CEO of the Pebble Watch, which got acquired by Fitbit, went to work and came up with a messaging app called Beeper. Today, I'll be demonstrating that app and using my Galaxy S21 running TalkBack 13.5 and One UI 5.1. I do want to mention from the offset that in order for you to be able to bring your other messaging platforms like Telegram, WhatsApp, iMessaging, and all of that, that you will need to install it both on your mobile device and on your computer. By the way, it supports all of the operating systems, Linux, Windows, Mac, and so forth. I'd also like to mention here in passing that the app is not very accessible. It has some unlabeled buttons, and as a matter of fact, if it were not because of the heavy load that TalkBack carries and being able to tell me what those buttons are in some instances, I may not even know what some of those buttons are. However, once you got it going, you'll get a hang of what those buttons are, and I have sent them their feedback, and they've replied, telling me that they're going to be working on it. And so if they hear from more of us, this will make it possible for them to even hurry up and get things made accessible. Now, before you get started, though, to set up the app, the whole idea is to make it passwordless. In other words, they're trying to make sure 
that you don't mess around with passwords and all of that. And so the first time you fire it up, whether it's on the mobile or on your desktop client, for example, you put in your email address and you hit the continue button at the bottom and it sends you a six-digit code and then it asks for it to be provided. You type that in and you tap on continue and follow the prompt thereafter and finish setting up the app. This is how you go about adding your platforms to the client. You go to the desktop app and on there you want to Find the button that's just before the search field, and it will say Button Menu. When you hit the spacebar on it, you'll find things like Chat Network, Settings, Marcus Rate. What you need to click on is that Chat Network, because once you click on that, then you will see all the different messaging platforms that it supports, including Telegram, WhatsApp, iMessaging, LinkedIn, etc etc hit the space bar on the desired chat client that you want to add to it for example i added my telegram to it to test it out so what i did was once i arrowed down to telegram then i hit the space bar and at the bottom is a button that says start or get started click on that button and it will ask for your information, your username, password, and all of that that belongs to Telegram, for example. Upon feeding those in, you tap on the continue at the bottom. Once that is done, then it will take you to another screen if you have a two-step verification. That is your pin for Telegram. You put that in there. And once that is done, you'll get a message from Telegram letting you know that an app from Helsinki, Finland, is trying to access your telegram. And in that message, there are two buttons. There's allow or deny. Once you hit that allow, you are in. Now that I've talked about that, let's go ahead, though, and show you the app itself. But these are some of the prerequisites if you want to use it on your mobile. I will now navigate to the icon for Beeper and go from here. Beeper. Here's Beeper, and I'll tap. Beeper. Capital W, button, out of pager. Upon tapping on Beeper, we heard capital W. And I'm not sure if that is based on my username or if this was just what it is. And that button is found on the top right corner of the phone. To the top left corner, however, we have a button that says button, but after TalkBack sits on there for a while, it says menu. And below that, there's a edit, and then to the right of that is a search field, and below that edit field is the inbox. I'll show you what I'm talking about. I'll now move my finger to the top left corner of the phone. Button. Detected. Icon. Menu. That's menu, move my finger down. Detected, icon, edit, button. And to the right of that is a search field. Search, out of list. There is the search. And now below that on the left is the inbox. Inbox. There's inbox. So in reality, if you connect a platform or chat client to this app, 
all of the messages are going to be shown here together, whether it's from WhatsApp, from Telegram, or whatever. They're all going to be showing here because by default, the inbox is activated. Therefore, everything coming in here will be on the screen. For example, if I move my finger down. Blind Android users chat, 12.54 p.m., Snow Sprite, a few apps. Gmail among them, I have a Pixel 6 Pro, Telegram. As you can see, that's a message coming from the Blind Android Users Telegram group. And so, I want to show you something that I find rather fascinating with this app. And that's the fact that, unlike the native client of Telegram, whereupon if you read a message, and that is someone that sent you a message, and you want to be able to read that message line by line, character by character, or word by word, you're not going to be able to do that with TalkBack. However, with this client, you can. So I'll tap on this message, for example. A few apps, Gmail among them. I have a Pixel 6 Pro. That's a message from Tab, from our group. Now, I could now switch my granularity to either word, character, or line, and be able to read that. So here goes my granularity change. Words. And if I swipe down. Capital A. Few. Apps. And if I change to character. Characters. Period. Space. Capital G. M. A. I. L. Space. Now I'm going to switch to lines. Words. Lines. And swipe down. A Pixel 6 Pro. As you can see, I'm able to read that whether it's line by line, word by word, or character by character. Now below there, of course, is the edit field. And to the left and right of that edit field are two buttons on each side of the edit field. I do want to mention here in passing that those buttons are not labeled. However, the last one on the right does say record. Let me put my finger now at the edit field and then move my finger to the right and then to the right again. Edit box, out of list, detected, text, send a message. And now I move my finger to the right. Button. That's the first button on the right of the edit field that we encounter. Tapping on this will take you to things like the emojis and all of that. Now, moving my finger farther right to the edge of the phone. Record voice message button. That one does say record voice message. Now, put my finger back in the edit field and go to the first button to the left of the edit field. Edit box. Detected. Text, send a message. And I'll move to the left. Button. That one says button. And to the left of it will also say button. I notice that tapping on this first button to the left of the edit field pops up a couple items. From the bottom left, we've got... Camera. That's camera. And to the right of it... Gallery. Gallery. Those are the only two buttons. So that button is to launch your camera. So it should have been labeled camera or attached from camera or whatever relating to the camera slash the gallery. Now, the sad part is that if I do a back gesture, 
it's not going to return me to the message, but it will actually close this conversation. Watch. Beeper. Blind Android users chat. 12.54 p.m. Snow Sprite. A few apps. Gmail among them. I have a Pixel 6 Pro. Telegram. In list. Now I'll need to tap on this message again to open it. Beeper. 8.19 a.m. In list. And now the last button on the left of that edit field on the very edge. Button. Out of list. That one is to attach different things including contacts, files, and location. I'll tap. Starting from the bottom left, we've got files. Let's attach a file to the right of that. Location. And the last button on the right contacts. is contacts. I'll now go back. Beeper. Blind Android users chat. 12.54 p.m. Snow Sprite. A few apps. Gmail among them. I have a Pixel 6 Pro. Telegram. In list. Now, though, there's a button at the very bottom right. And that button, which is an icon, simply says unlabeled or just says button. And then it says edit. That button, when tapped on, actually is for your contacts. So whether you are using it with a telegram uh, that you've added or some other whatever, if you tap that, that is for contacts. Let me put my finger down there. You will hear what I'm talking about. Button. Out of list. Detected. Icon. Edit. If I go ahead and tap on here. Beeper. Edit box. Type a name, phone number, or email. And if I move my finger down, I'll be encountering a list of my contacts. Capital A. Alan Malaysia. Plus 60. There's my friend Alan in Malaysia. And of course, this is showing all of my contacts. Now I'll go back. Beeper. Button, out of list. Now, I mentioned those two buttons up at the top, one on the top left that says menu and one that says W on the right. Let's look at those buttons and see what they contain. I'll start with the one on the right. Capital W, button. And I'll tap. Pop-up window, settings. The first thing we encounter is settings and below that. Support. Support. Report bug. And report back. That's the last one. Now, I'm going to go back. Beeper. Capital W. Button. Now, let's go ahead and tap on that one on the top left. That's the one that simply says menu. Button. Out of list. Detected. Icon. Menu. There's the menu. So, I'll tap. Navigation menu. Button. In list. And if I move down. Selected. Inbox, inbox, six. We hear inbox six, move down. Not selected, archive, archive. Archive. Not selected, low priority, low priority. It seems to say things twice for some reason, move down. Not selected, beeper, beeper, one. Beeper, so if I tap here, it will take me to messages that are being shown exclusively from beeper, that is, if the develop developers have any messages that they've sent. Or if I have someone I'm corresponding with using just Beeper but not either WhatsApp or Telegram or any of those, those messages will be there. Now, next. Not selected. SMS. SMS. 
SMS. By the way, you can connect your SMS messaging app to it and make it your default as well. Next. Not selected. Telegram. Telegram. Five. Telegram. So if I tap here, I would see only messages belonging to Telegram and nothing else. And Telegram. So last one here because that's all I have. Now, I do want to mention here in passing that on the top right corner, we'll find another button that says button. Button. And if you tap on that, it returns you to the menu eye. Here I go. Button. Out of list. Detected. Icon. Menu. Now, let's go to that one on the top right that we saw earlier, and that's the one that simply says W. In here, we'll find the settings. Capital W, button. I'll tap. Pop-up window, settings. I'll tap on settings. Settings, navigate up, button. Tapping on settings, we have several items, and I'm not going to go into each and every one of these. I may only go into some that I consider to be more important. Starting from the top, here are the items that we find in these settings. General, in list. We have general. Let's go in here and see what general contains. General, navigate up, button, out of list. And moving down. User settings, heading. We have a heading that says user settings, going down. Profile picture, avatar. Display name, Warcare. Password, set a new account password. I mentioned something about password. If you wanted to use a password, you can go in here and set a password. But the whole idea is that you don't need a password. Once you log in and it sends you that six-digit code, then you activate it. And during the process of setting up also, it gives you like a recovery code. There are like 48 characters. You can save that so that in the event that you can't get into it or whatever and you want to recover, you can use that 48-character thing that was generated. You need to keep that safe. Moving on down. Advanced. Heading. We come across the advanced. Moving down. Logged in as at Warcare. Beeper.com. Next. Clear media cache. 534 megabytes. Next. Do an init sync. You tap on this, it'll sync you between your desktop and your mobile. Sign out, heading. Then we come across sign out, heading. Sign out. And sign out. That's the last item there. Let's go back. Settings. There we are on the previous screen, and we looked at general, and below that general will be notifications. Notifications in list. Move down. Preferences. Preferences. Let's go ahead and take a look at what the preferences are. Preferences. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Starting from the top, here's what we got. User interface. Heading. In list. We got the user interface and below that. Language. English. United States. Theme. System default. Font size. Normal. Message editor. Heading. We come across message editor and below that we got. Markdown formatting. Format messages using markdown syntax before they are sent. This allows for advanced formatting such as using asterisks to display italic text. Switch on. Next. Send typing notifications. Let other users know that you are typing. Switch on. Next. Send message with enter. Enter button of the soft keyboard will send message instead of adding a line break. Switch off. 
Next. Show emoji keyboard, add a button on message composer to open emoji keyboard, switch, on. Take photo or video, always ask. Next. Timeline, heading. We come across timeline heading and below that. Inline URL preview, preview links within the chat when your home server supports this feature. Switch, on. Show read receipts, click on the read receipts for a detailed list. Switch, on. Show removed messages, show a placeholder for removed messages, switch, on. Show join and leave events, invites, removes, and bans are unaffected, switch, off. Show account events, includes avatar and display name changes, switch, off. Show chat effects, use confetti command or send a message containing snowflake or party popper, switch, on. Background attachment download, heading. We come across a background download slash attachment and below that we've got Enable background download, automatically download attachments when received, switch, on. And the last item here. Auto download also using metered connections, also do background downloads on metered connections such as mobile data, switch, on. It's up to you. Now I'm going to go back. Settings. Navigate up, button, out of list. That was preferences. We continue now below preferences. We have the following items. Inbox. We have inbox. SMS bridge. SMS. So in other words, if you tap on any of these, you'll interact with them. Contacts. Contacts. Security and privacy. Labs. Labs, the things that they're working on. Advanced settings. And now we come across advanced settings. Let's go into that advanced settings and see what's contained in here. Advanced settings. Navigate up, button, out of list. Tapping on the advanced settings and going on from the top, we encounter the following. Developer mode, heading. We come across a developer heading and below that we got developer mode. The developer mode activates hidden features and may also make the application less stable. For developers only, switch off. In other words, everything here is dependent on this switch. If this is not switched on, most of the things or all of the things below here will not be active. And as it is stated, this is primarily for developers. Here's what we got below that. Show hidden events in timeline, switch off, disabled. Moving on. Show debug info on screen. Show some useful info to help debugging the application. Switch. Off. Disabled. Show complete history in encrypted rooms. Switch. Off. Disabled. Enable verbose logs. Verbose logs will help developers by providing more logs when you send a ragashake. Even when enabled, the application does not log message contents or any other private data. Switch. Off. Disabled. Now the word ragashake means rage shake but it's written as one word and therefore it sounds like ragashek. Let's move on. Fail fast. Beeper may crash more often when an unexpected error occurs. Switch, off, disabled. Ragashek, heading. Now we come across the rage shake. And here's what we have under that rage shake. Rage shake to report bug. Switch, off. Detection threshold. Shake your phone to test the detection threshold. Disabled. Slider. 50% for detection threshold, disabled. DevTools, heading. Now we come across DevTools, and there's just one item here, and that will be... Account data, disabled. And that's the last item in the advanced. I'll now go back... 
Settings. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Moving away from the advanced, the next item we come across is... Help and about. Help and about and... Privacy policy. Privacy policy and that's the last item. I'll now go back. Beeper. Capital W. Button. Out of list. I am now back in the main UI of the app. And frankly, that's all that there is to Beeper. Of course, you can connect your different messaging platforms to it and follow the prompt and you are golden. And remember to write to the developers about accessibility so we'll have something going on. Like I said, you get placed on a waiting list once you make a request to join. It's available now on the Play Store, but you first have to get a message from them saying you've been accepted. I first applied like three months ago and I didn't see anything coming from them. Then about two or so weeks ago, I applied using a different email address and within two weeks, I got that invitation to come on and download it. And that's how I got in. That's been a demonstration of Beeper. That was it about Beeper. Coming up next is the tip of the week. Stay tuned for tips, tricks, and more about Android. Closing today's episode, Karen standing by with the tip of the week from WhatsApp, and we're talking about some new features that have just arrived on WhatsApp, chat locking and editing. And while we are editing, remember, you can send us that word of the day to claim your ACR code. And that would be the omelet. You take that omelet home and eat some of that good food. Here's Karen with the tip of the week. Hi. WhatsApp is starting to roll out two new useful features. They are the ability to log chats and edit messages. I'll try to show you how the two features work, starting with the chat locking. Before, it was possible in WhatsApp to lock the application. So whenever you want to open WhatsApp, you need to use your fingerprint. But locking certain chats wasn't possible. With the new addition, you will be able to add chats to the locked folder, which can't be viewed until you use your fingerprint. WhatsApp itself can be opened without the need of the fingerprint, any other chat can be viewed, but not the locked chats folder. Let's see how to lock a chat. I'll open WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Application icon. I'll select my personal chat from the chats. Plus nine six. Message text box. I'm in the chat now, so I'll tap on my number and sure if you have a person as a contact, you should be tapping the um, contact name and also this works with groups. Near the top, I'll tap on the number. Plus nine six, contact info. Now I'm in the contact info. I'll try to search for the chat locking. Media visibility. I have the media visibility and disappearing messages off. Dis disappearing messages. And then after that, I should find chat lock. the chat lock. If you can't find it, you should wait. It should be 
hitting all devices soon. I'll tap on chat lock. WhatsApp. Let's see. Navigate up, chat lock. Keep this chat locked and hidden. Use your fingerprint to open this chat and read notifications on this phone. For even more privacy, locked chats will be kept separate from other chats. Learn more. I can tap here to learn more about the feature. Lock this chat with fingerprint. Switch off. I can double tap here to lock the chat with the fingerprint. So I'll double tap. This chat will not be locked on your linked devices. So it's telling me that this will take effect only on this device. So it will not be impacting any other device, any linked device. So the chat will be locked on this phone only. This chat. Cancel button. OK button. I'll tap on OK. Confirm fingerprint to lock. I should use my fingerprint now to confirm this choice. This chat is now locked. This You can find it locked in the chat tab. Cancel button. View button. Lock chats. WhatsApp. It's now Items from 1 to 14. 108. Back button. In order to open locked chats, I should be in the chats tab and then I should swipe down with two fingers. Which is, if you are not using a screen reader, it's the swiping down with one finger. And if you are a G-Show user, you can use also the G-Show function, which is the direct scroll down, which is a simulation of the swiping down with two fingers. So I'll swipe down with two fingers. Let's items see. from locked chats i have on the screen the locked chats i'll double tap unlock to continue and it's asking me to use my fingerprint no match whatsapp locked chats okay it's done so after i use my fingerprint the locked chats is opened and here i can Tap any chat that was added to the locked chats. Your personal messages are your personal you button plus nine message text box. If I want to unlock a chat to return it back to the normal chats um, where it doesn't need the using the fingerprint, I will go also to the contact info plus nine six. Contact in chat lock on and then chat lock WhatsApp chat keep use your fingerprint to open this chat and learn more use lock this chat with fingerprint switch on I should switch the lock chat with fingerprint off confirm fingerprint and confirm my fingerprint WhatsApp and done home screen two of two when you receive a message from a locked chat, the notification will not include the message content. So you will have only the number of messages. Let's move now to the message editing. I think that all of us face the problem of sending a message, then realizing that we did a mistake, like a typing mistake. 
before it wasn't possible in WhatsApp to edit the message after sending it, unlike Telegram for example. But finally, WhatsApp is adding the ability to edit messages. After you send the message, you will have 15 minutes to edit your message. During this time, the 15 minutes time, you can edit your message and the other party will know that the message is edited, but the other party will not receive a notification about the edit that you did. Also, um, you can edit messages in groups as well. So let's see how it works. If you can't find it, I'm not sure if it's out of beta or not, but it should be hitting uh, uh, people's phones, I think, soon. It shouldn't take a lot of time to be rolled out to all. WhatsApp. Let's see how it works. Plus nine six. Again, my personal message chat. text box. And I'll tap a message. Capital H H U U. Instead of hi, I typed H U, and I will attach send it. Send. Capital Who twenty three oh one read. To edit my message, I should long press it, and for G-Show users, it's possible also to use the actions to select the message. Who 23? Today, who 23? Long press to 2301 read. I will close the reactions by going back. WhatsApp. And I should find the more options. Usually, it's the final item at the right, near the top of the screen. Forward. I have, like, before the forward, and then I have the more options. More options button. Now, I should find... Copy. Edit. The edit. I'll double tap. Who text box. C. Back now button. I'm able to do the edit. So I will delete the O and put I. Who 20? Edit message. Back. Ed. Emoji button. Who text box. Buttons. Tech. Characters. U. Delete. I. I. Send button. And I'll tap send. WhatsApp. May 16th, 2023. May 20. Today, to high edited 2301 read. It's now high and I had the word edited after the message, which will let the other party know that the message is edited. This was my demonstration of the message editing and chat locking features. I hope that they will be released to all phones soon. And I'm glad that those two features, those two important features were added finally by WhatsApp. And um, thank, thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Karen, for another tip of the week. And with that, guys, we come to the end of this week's episode. It is curtain drawing time, thus we come to the end of today's episode. And up next, we give you information on how to get hold of us. As always, 
Austin standing by to give you information on how to get hold of us. Austin, how do people get hold of us? To contact us, you can send an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. You can join a mailing list by sending an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. You can join our Telegram, Facebook, Discord, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The links for everything will be at the bottom of the show notes and also in the video description of the YouTube channel. And also the links are in the websites panel of the YouTube channels. And that concludes this week's episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel. From me, it's goodbye. Have a great week, everybody. Bye, everyone. Have a great week and enjoy your omelette. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Until we see you next week, don't forget to leave us your comments and suggestions via our email contact or using any of our social media sites. Have a great week.